0: KmTT Kimitzion Torah, and today is Yom Shishi Friday, Erev Shabbat Kodesh Parshat Vayeshev, and Erev Chanukah. Today's Shir is dedicated in the memory of Shoshana Bat Shlomo, who was Nifteret, passed on two weeks ago. Dedicated by her family in her memory and Shruta Torah. To in today's uh, passage, the beginning of the Pasha Yaakov very famous comment of Rashi, basanchal, Bikesh, Yaakov, Miyad, Yosef. Yaakov and Yaakov dwelled in the land of the dwelling of his fathers. And, Chazal picked up, they, 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 they heard a note of, by Yaakov. Yaakov basically retired. Ya'akov, b'shavah. Yaakov desired to live in peace. Shalva. In peace. And therefore immediately, Kafatsa Yosef, he immediately fell into or fell upon him the troubles and problems of Yosef the very continuation of the story, which is the sale of his, of his son Yosef by the brothers and everything that took place afterwards, terrible years of Yaakov's life. There are many, many comments in the Fashim as to what, what what are Chazal trying to say? and What was Yaakov thinking? And, and what does it mean and why is that a reason for him to have to suffer two comments. One I'll say now, the other one I'll say for after our guest speaker, Araf Tavari, will speak about Hanukkah. Aviki Vega explained that, he basically asked the question, first, he said, is it really true that the Torah, God, Jewish history are opposed to Tzaddikim, Yoshvim Shabbat? Some Tzaddikim really uh, did have prosperity and peace in their lifetime. This, this medrash and chassal seems to say that it's a bad thing, and therefore if a tzaddik wants to have shalva, wants to have peace, immediately he's going to be attacked by a problem. So Rabbi Kibbega answered that the word shalva here doesn't mean prosperity, and it doesn't mean olam hazeh, it doesn't mean having a, a well-ordered, peaceful, uh, happy life necessarily. The opposite of shalva, he said, is daagah. The opposite of peace here means worry. And the worry that we're talking about is spiritual worry. But all Sadiqim, as long as they're alive, they're worried that they're not Sadiqim. They're worried that they do not have, they have not been for Falamaba. This already is found in Avram Avinu, where the Midrash says that right after the the battle against the kings who had conquered Stone, the four kings who attacked the five kings, and Yaqub had chased after, uh, Avram, sorry, had chased after them and had won the battle, so God comes to him and says to him, tira, don't be afraid. So Chazal asks, why was he afraid? Why did God have to tell him not to be afraid? And they give a lot of answers. One of them is, Abraham abinu, Abraham abinu was was anxious, he was troubled. Mit it's a verb. It doesn't mean to fear, but it means to be uh, suffering from from fears. He was anxious. lest he no longer had a chilek lamaba. He no longer had a place in the world to come, because whatever was coming to him, whatever good things he deserved, he had eaten up, he had used up when the miracle had taken place to help him conquer the battle. In other words, you are always afraid, tzaddik is always afraid that whatever good things do happen to him, whatever peace he does, the peace in the usual sense, whatever prosperity he has, might not leave him anything for Lama ba. Or, in other words, something which is by Yaakov earlier, when he first came to meet uh, Esav, and he was worried that Esav would beat him, Chazal was he worried, God had promised him he would be okay, and he had told Shami he was afraid that thought maybe he would have a chet, some sort of a sin, and that would that would ruin his chances. That would ruin his future in the world to come. So this is true of all tzaddikim. All tzaddikim live in da'aga and not shava. However, Yaakov Avinu, Rashi quotes this and Lamit. Hey, a little bit later, Chazal say that Yaakov Avinu had a had a promise, had a sign from God that if all of his twelve sons would live and grow up then that would be a siman, that would be a sign that he was guaranteed a place in the world to come. I'm not commenting on what that particular medrash means, it's something to do with the idea of Yaakov, Shalem, that uh, Yaakov is not fa- a family man with his 12 children, but he's setting up Am Yisrael now. But in any event, that's what Chazal said, if his children live, then he would be assured of a place to come. And therefore, he says that's why he wasn't worried who he really wanted to live bishova he really could live Bishalva, because he had this promise of God the sign that God gave him in his in his pocket the truth is that's not a good thing to live in this life according to pike ego means to to yes to be worried that's the meaning of life is to constantly not be satisfied with yourself Vadyakov had received this promise from God and he really was working negatively on him it, it gave him enough of a self-assurance but his place in Olam Haba. Not that he started uh, doing Gaveyus, chas but, v'shalom. But he wasn't he wasn't worried. He wasn't troubled. He wasn't constantly looking to make sure you have to, you have to live on the brink. And he wasn't living on the brink anymore. As kafat slavuak Yosef, once Yosef had his troubles, and it wasn't the troubles of Yosef, you feel bad, you're troubled, you're upset, you want to know what to do with your kids. No, no. It's he thought Yosef was dead. If one of his children had died, then he no longer had the sign that God had given him. And then he had the da'agah, not only or not even primarily the da'agah, the worry of what to do about yourself, but the worry what to do about his own spiritual life. Okay, I have another comment on this Midrash, which I'll save for later on. There's many, many more. I promise you one more from the Yeshua at from the Yeshua um, But now our guest on this day, which is also the beginning of Chanukah, Erev Chanukah, for those of you who were here before Shabbat, that's really wonderful. If you hear it on Chanukah, it's also wonderful. Our guest is Rabbi Yamin Tavori, one of the Ramim in Yeshivat HaRetsyon, gives a share every week in KMTT, and is coming now for an extra appearance this week, Sicha for Chanukah.
1: The Rambam says in Huchos Chanukah, very much near the end, mitzvah sneh'a chanukkah, mitzvah chaviva hiad ma'od. The mitzvah of the lighting of candles of Chanukah is a very dear and precious mitzvah. The Rambam explains, therefore, a person should be extremely meticulous about fulfilling this mitzvah, about pirsum about publicizing the miracle that occurred. So much so, that even a person who cannot afford it has to somehow beg, borrow, to get the money to light near Hanukkah. On one hand, the, we see that the mitzvah of Hanukkah is a very great mitzvah, a very dear and precious mitzvah. On the other hand, we have the psak of the Shulchan Aruch in Simon Tafesh Ayin, that, that, that to make a festive meal on Hanukkah is an option, but it's not a chiyuv. v'simcha. They never established Hanukkah as a day of happiness, of a day of having a mishta, some sort of a festive meal, as opposed to Purim. Purim, we know, perhaps the essence of Purim, one of the main aspects of Purim, is the fact that we have this su'udas purim, which is a real obligation, a real chiyuf. So on Hanukkah, if one thinks what is the motif of Hanukkah, what strikes us as Hanukkah, right away we think of the menorah of lighting candles. Whereas on Purim, so some people might think of reading the Megillah, but the festive nature of Purim is felt by the Suda, by the in fact, a in a meal that's based with, with wine. And what's the difference between Hanukkah and Purim? So it's well known, the Mishnah Bruer sa- says it very succinctly there in Simantafesha Ayin, that the difference between Khanak and Purim is that the festive occasion engendered by Hanukkah or Purim is appropriate for the type of holiday which we celebrate. On Hanukkah... As opposed to Purim, there was no physical danger involved. On Purim, the Gezerah, the evil decree against the Jews, was to destroy, to wipe out, to destroy all Jewish people. It wasn't just to wound the Jewish spirit, to kill the Jewish feelings of people, the what we call the Pintalayid, the point of being a Jew, the Nekuda, the essence of being a Jew. And in fact, at the time of Purim, had the entire Jewish nation, God forbid, converted to 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 whatever religion there was, so uh, Haman would not have accepted it. Therefore, the miracle of Purim was that the Jewish body was saved, and therefore, it is appropriate for the Jewish body to celebrate. However, in Hanukkah, There never was a to destroy the Jewish body. But the purpose was to get Jews to refrain from practicing their Judaism. In fact, we say the phrase in our davening, to cause them to forget the Torah, and to turn them away from observing the laws. If Jews at the time of Hanukkah had given in, and agreed to the Greek demands, God forbid, that would have been sufficient. But the Jews went to war, won the war, and celebrated the spiritual victory of the Jewish people, that we are different than the non-Jews. The Gemara, the Medrash Bet, explains that at the time of Yavan the Greek culture was dominant and they wanted the Jewish nation to embrace the Jewish culture. They said al Keren Hashor, we want you to write down somehow on the horn of the ox. And we want you to say, we want you to nullify especially three laws Mila, the observation of the circumcision of every Jewish male, Shabbos, we want you to stop, to refrain from Shabbos observance, and Kiddush HaKodesh, and sanctifying the new moon. When we say in the Zmiros, Upartsu Khomos migdolai v'timu kol they broke down the walls, and they made the Shem and So, in a literal sense, of course, it means the walls of the Beis HaMikdash. They broke the walls of the Beis HaMikdash. They entered, they breached the walls of the Mikdash. And they made all the tmanim, tam, all the Shemanim tameh. They defiled the oil of the Beis HaMikdash. But in a metaphorical sense, what we would mean is they broke the walls of Judaism. These mitzvahs, this statement that we said was made by the Yevanim seems to fight with the, what it means, the essence of being a Jew. Physically, we believe that there is a distinction between a Jew and a non-Jew. A brismila is the sign, an external sign, that the Jewish person is different than the non-Jewish person. Shabbos obviously is a distinction between the non-Jewish world and the Jewish world that we have a day of rest, we have a concept of rest, we have a world of menucha, a world of rest, and the non-Jews do not have such a world. Their world is lo b'osu. Torah says that a Jew must keep Shabbos, and a non-Jew may not keep Shabbos. A Jew who is Mechalel Shabbos, in a sense, is akin to a guy to a non-Jew, who would keep Shabbos. Because we have our world, they have their world. Our world is a world of Menuchas Shabbos, of the concept of Shabbos, their world is without that concept. Switching worlds would be the problem. When the Yevanim said we should not keep Shabbos. They are trying to obliterate not only the physical distinction between a Jew and a guy, the Bris milah, but they're trying to nullify the idea of we inhabit almost a different concept of the world. And of course, Kiddush HaChodesh represents the way we count our year, the way we establish our calendar and the way the non-Jews establish our cal- their calendar. We establish our calendar by the lunar months. And not only that, we sanctify the month, we do Kiddush HaChodesh, a sanctification of the month, which the Gemariah in Shabbos refers to as this is the essence of When the Torah said, Kihi le'inei kol this is your sign of intelligence, your mark against other nations. So the Gemara and Shabbos says, this is referring to Kiddush HaChodesh. Without going right now into the complete aspects of what Kiddush HaChodesh represents, and why it's Chochmas Yisrael, the bottom line is, this is also a major source of distinction between the Jew and the non-Jew. We have a bris on our body, we keep the weekly mitzvah of Shabbos, and we have the concept of a lunar calendar, which is different than a non-Jewish world. Chanukah then says that we respect the difference between the Jew and the non-Jew, and we would like to emphasize the point of the Jew is not so much in... The physical destruction, or the point of Hanukkah is not so much the physical destruction or lack of physical destruction, it's the spiritual concept of Hanukkah that created this Chag for us. And therefore, the suudos are really not relevant to Hanukkah. The Ramah, by the way, says it is proper to make some sort of an extra bit of of suuda because of at the same time, there was the Hanukkah when the Mizbeach was rededicated. And it's well known, that the Ramah there in Shulchan Aruch say that when a person makes a meal, and at that meal we praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we sing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu and tell over the events that happened, then that surah does take on a special significance, even though, according to strict law, it might not be required. But once we have it, then it does take on the significance of a special su'udah. If we want to emphasize the difference between the Jew and the non-Jew, that is the essence of Hanukkah, and therefore that's going to be the mitzvah of Hanukkah. Chazal decided to do this by lighting an air, by lighting candles, by lighting oil, to light up the world. But the significance of the oil, of the candle, of the light that we light, is even deeper than just bringing light or trying to be a source of light to the world. The Ramban Unchumash is very well known in this context. In the beginning of Parshas Baal the Torah tells us that Aaron was commanded to light the menorah. The Ramban points out the juxtaposition of this parasha with what preceded it. Just before Parashat Baalotcha, the last huge segment of Parashat Naso relates to the Karbanot of Nesim. The Nesim brought every day a Karban at Hamas Bayach, and in fact, that is what we read in the Torah on Hanukkah. Every day we read the one day of Hanukkah HaMezbayach. The Ramban quotes the juxtaposition of the mitzvah of Aaron to the mitzvah of the nasiim of those princes who brought the carbonos is because once Aaron had seen that every Nasi had brought his own carbon, Aaron sort of complained, what about me? Each Nasi has his own day where he brings the Karban for Chanukah HaMazbeach. What about me? I feel left out. And I like Kaddish Baruch said everyone has their own responsibility and their own mitzvah. The Nasiim had this mitzvah of bringing Chanukah HaMazbeach, of doing the Chanukah HaMazbeach, but your mitzvah is going to be adjacent to it. Your mitzvah mitzvah will be to light the menorah, the Beis HaMikdash. But the Ramban goes on to say that your mitzvah, Aaron's mitzvah, is greater than their mitzvah. Because their mitzvah is Chanukas Sa'amizbeach. As long as the Mizbeach lasts, as long as there is a Beis HaMikdash, so there will be a, a memory, we will meet what they did we will encounter what they did, the Chanukah HaMizbeach. But once the Beis HaMikdash is, is destroyed, then we no longer will have any trace or memory of Chanukah HaMizbeach, of the mitzvah of, of the Nasim. But your mitzvah will last forever. Your mitzvah of menorah will last forever. And of course, the question is so apparent. The Mizbeach, the Bayis, is destroyed. So there's no menorah also. Why will Aaron's mitzvah last forever? Once the base is, is destroyed, there, there is no more menorah. And the answer that the Ramban gives is that the mitzvah of menorah will continue forever. Because the mitzvah of menorah is the mitzvah that we continue every year on Hanukkah. What the Ramban in, in fact is saying is that the mitzvah of, of Hanukkah, the mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah is not just to light the menorah, but we are actually last lighting the light of the Beis HaMikdash in our own house. The mitzvah of Hanukkah is to take the nair that existed in the Beis HaMikdash and light it today in our own house. When we sing, when we light near Hanukkah, we say, Haneros Halolu Kodashem. The Neiros are holy. The Gemara, in one point, almost completely rejects this idea. The Gemara says the Neir is Kodesh. Does the Neir itself have Kedusha? Apparently, the Gemara thinks there is a Machlokas Hasugyos. There are two different opinions whether the Neir itself has Kedusha. The Bal Hamar, there in Shabbos, explains. And I'll just paraphrase his words. He says, according to the person who thinks that you're not allowed to count money from the Hanukkah, which is what the Gemara says, means that according to that opinion, there really is no inherent holiness, no Kedusha in the Ne'er but we should not use the mitzvah in an improper fashion. The same way other mitzvahs might not have kedusha, but we should use them with a bit of respect. And therefore, to count your money, which is considered a very mundane type of activity, would not be proper by the Hanukkah candles. But according to that opinion, perhaps to learn by the Ne'er Hanukkah would be permitted. There is no kedusha in the Ne'er Hanukkah. However, the other opinion of the Gemara. Is that we're not allowed to use the Nech Hanukkah at all. We're only allowed to see Nech Hanukkah, but we're not to get any Hanukkah from it at all, no benefit from it at all. What is the reason for that? Apparently, that opinion thinks the Nech is Kodesh. On what is this machlokas based? Is the near have Kedusha or near not have Kadusha? Apparently, the machlokas would be, according to one opinion, the mitzvah of Nea Chanukah is to light candles in your house. A, new, a mitzvah that was made up by Chazal, a mitzvah de Rabbanon, which was made up somewhat out of ex nihilo, a new mitzvah, Chachami, made up, is a mitzvah to light the candles, but it has no Kedusha. It's a mitzvah like any other mitzvah de Rabbanon. However, the opinion that we follow and we say Haneros <laughs> is because we feel the neiros do have kedusha, because it's not a new mitzvah the rabbanan, it's an extension of the binyan beis hamikdash. The the menorah that a Jew lights in his house or outside his house is to show that I'm trying to make my own house into a beis hamikdash. My house is based on kedusha. My house is not just a, myth, a house where I do one ceremony or a different ceremony. My house becomes dedicated to the concept of Mikdash, to the holiness. It specially defines the difference between the Jewish personality and the non-Jewish personality. The concept of Kedusha. My house is a house of Kedusha. Perhaps that's what we could suggest is included in the Rambam that we began with. Mitzvah Neachanuka, Mitzvah Chaviva It's a very precious mitzvah, and what's so precious about it? We show the difference between being a Jewish personality and not, and we show that our own house can become a base hamikdash. You have been
0: listening to a Rabbi Yamin eh uh, Sikha for beginning of uh, of Chanukah. Hopefully, you. The best would be if you managed to hear this before Chanukah. But frankly, if you're on Chanukah, it's also wonderful. But now back to Pashat Shavua, the first pasuk. Vayeshev Yaakov bi'Eretz Megurei Aviv. Rashi's comment: B'keish Yaakov nashavet b'shalva miyat kafatz alav roguzal shel Yosef. Yaakov wishes to live in peace. And immediately jumps upon him the troubles of Yosef. So, Yeshu Mikatna, wrote the sefer Yeshuot Malka, wishes to explain what is this peace, what is this shalva, what is this voges, why is it good, why is it bad? What's what's the considerations here? He quoted a famous gemara in Bachot of Samach Dado Manalef: Haniftar min Hamet al Yomalo lech lishalom lech bishalom. When one takes farewell of someone who has died, someone who has departed, at the funeral or at the graveside, one does not say to him, Lech Lishalom, go to peace, but go in peace. Lech Bishalom, not Lech Lishalom. HaNiftar Min HaChai, when parting, taking one's farewell from someone who is alive, so you say, Lech Lishalom, go to peace, and not go in peace. What is the explanation? So, the Shurat explained that the word Shalom means Shlimut. It means one's perfection. Now, a live person is always, his perfection is before him. His life consists of going towards that perfection, perfecting himself, growing all the time. So therefore, the Bracha, to a live person is Lech Lishalom. Go towards your Shalom, towards your peace, towards your Shalomot. Someone who is dead is not growing anymore. He's not progressing anymore. He is now going, he's going to the next world, Bishalom, with the peace, with the perfection, with the accomplishment that he has achieved in his life. So to him you say Lech Bishalom, not Lech Lishalom. He has no longer a future to achieve, to aspire to, but he should take with him the peace, the perfection, the achievements and the accomplishments of his life. To a live person, you say, lech Lishalom. explained, Yaakov bekeish la Shabbat b'shalva, Yaakov imagined that after all the troubles of his life, the difficulties he had, leaving Eretz Yisrael, in Beit Lavan, meeting Esav, that Okay, that's it. He had finished the troubles, meaning he had finished the trials, meaning he had finished the experiences which he was overcoming and growing, through which he was overcoming and growing and perfecting himself. And now there was a time for him to simply uh, live with his peace, live with his perfection. Uh, I, I, I would add, I think that this is really based, I think it's correct, I think it's based on, the Pasuk says, Vayeshev Yaakov, be'aretz Yaakov came to live in the land of the dwelling of his fathers. Why does it say that? Why do we have to remember that Eretz Kanan is Eretz Megure Aviv? I think this might be a, a, a hint that he, he thought he was retiring. The truth is that Torah and Neviyim very often refer to death as going to one's fathers. So here, going to live in the land of his fathers, he knew he was alive, but, but, but he, he was joining his fathers and his forefathers, his, his active life on his own, that which he had to do and build and struggle. That was over. And now he was retiring. So to speak, he thought of Eretz Yisrael in relationship to his life in Chutz La'aretz the way all of us think of Olam Haba in relationship to our life in Olam Hazem. The active part of his life was in Olam, was Chutz La'aretz and so now he was retiring to Eretz Yisrael to enjoy the fruits of his labors. Because said to him, no, <laughs> you're not at the end of your life and you're not at the end of your spiritual life. You have still more steps to go. And therefore God sends him another trial Trial in the sense of nisayon. In v'ashem nisat Avraham, Avraham. A trial is that which 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 provokes you, which gets you to grow, which which helps develop with new more shalimut. In other words, Yaakov had to lech lishalom and still continue lech lishalom. He had continued to going towards his future Shlemut because he had not yet achieved his his final Shlemut. And if that involved Rok Zohar Yosef, then that involved Rok Zohar Yosef, the experiences of Yosef would be part of, painful perhaps, but they were part of the perfection, continued perfection, of Yaakov Avinu, who had not yet finished his active life on earth. And that's it for today. I want to wish you all a Shabbat Shalom and a Chanukah Sameach. On Chanukah we will continue with our shiurim as usual. And hope you all enjoy the shiurim and Hanukkah. We remind ourselves on Hanukkah that just as we expect Yeshua, we expect redemption, we also have the ability and the possibility of living in miracles. And therefore we also expect and wait for God's miracles. Shabbat Shalom ubracha. Kol Tov. we'll be back next week. This has been KMTT. Ki mitzion te'cei Torah u'dvar Hashem